Vocal fam, what's hello. up? We, hello. It's, hello. It, we're a little late in this weekend's episode, but it's okay, right, Sarah? A touch. A it's, it, everything is Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Basically, everything is fine. Here we go. Ah, it's so loud. <laughs> You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from your semi-occluded vocal tract, have you practiced today? Vocal fam, have you practiced today? <laughs> no. A literal question. <laughs> no. Alas. Maybe not for you, Sarah, but but you know, for the for the proverbial vocal fam. For the proverbial you, yeah, they what? All of you out oh, there in internet land. Hey, vocal fam, listen. If you are a Nats member, or you want well, if you want to be a Nats member, just in general, you should join, and you should join as soon as you can. But if you're a Nats member. And you're listening to this, and all of a sudden you're realizing, oh, man, <laughs> it's February the 1st tomorrow. I haven't oh, renewed yeah. yet. You should go online right now. You should stop whatever mm-hmm. you're doing, presuming you're not driving. If you're driving, yeah, yeah, you should you know. get to your destination. And then. And then go to nats.org and <laughs> do your renewal. Because that time of year renewal season is ending today basically oh wow it Um, is it is barely that time of year yeah it's been that time for the last like five months um you've had like five months vocal fam so what i'm saying is (laughs) do yourself (laughs) do yourself a favor being an ads member gosh has never been more valuable than in the current season of life and existence that we are in Right mm-hmm. now, here, still in the pandemic, uh, we I, I am glad to see more and more friends getting vaccinated, um, yeah. seeing more and more, particularly some friends who are SLPs, who I know are in clinic, uh, you know, professors maybe who are a little bit older or some. My grandmother just... got vaccinated. Great. Yeah, Fantastic. I was super excited. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're starting to we're starting to see maybe a little bit of a corner turning. Maybe not. Hopefully. I mean, I'm not a public something. health expert. I'm not yeah. a public health expert. I couldn't tell you even if we were going in the right direction. But if. It does feel nice. Even if it's a placebo, I'll, I will take it. I'm going to wait till Fauci tells me, hey, things are great. And then I'll be like, okay. Okay, great. Fauci the, the, said things are good. So uh, I'm going to go with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. So Vocal Fam, we hope you're staying safe. We hope you're uh, yeah. loving you and, you and yours. And uh, maybe you're vaccinated already. Or maybe you've received yes. your first round of vaccination already. Yeah. But anyway, fight the fatigue. Singing is not canceled and renew your Nats membership. Yeah. I usually end this way, but I wanted That's to say true. I wanted to say this right at the front end in case Since y- it's tomorrow. In case y'all don't like finish the episode. I mean It's not gonna be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey Vogel fam, listen. Mul- <laughs> multiple things on my on my on my brain right now. Okay. Let's see. Where should I start? <laughs> uh In one of the professional forums this week, and I'm not going to out anybody and say anything that was said other than what I said, but there was a question about just like authentic performance. Mm. Remember how we used to talk, Sarah, about like, you know, when you'd see somebody sing, you could really kind of tell if you believed it or not. Yeah. You know. When you went to like, when we used to see people sing like, we were like in right. the room with them, yeah. Yeah, like when you would Crazy go times. and you'd, you know, see a a, a musical or yeah. maybe a recital. Oh yeah, recitals are huge. Um, and you know, you could kind of always tell whether here's here's one of the ways I've I've heard this said. Kind of, you could always tell if a singer was just showing us their technique, or if they were really giving us an artistic performance. Yeah. In other words, like. The, you can tell the experience sometimes if it's just fancy singing it's possible an audience might not even notice but if you're talking about someone who's sort of been around the art of singing for some time 
we can usually tell if a performance is either disingenuous mm-hmm. or phoned in or so focused on technique or, I think or rec- so focused on technique in recitals i think a lot of times it is easy to slip into the just i have been working on technique here is my technique look at what i've been doing P- particularly in um perhaps degree recitals yeah oh yeah yes but i think we can even see this sometimes in in acting situations mm-hmm. you know in, in in situations of musicals where you know particularly you know when you're a student it's like right it's like so much of it is just learning the blocking learning the lines learning the music yeah i say this now move here right and so often it's actually one of the disservices sometimes that students maybe don't get to do a show for eight straight weeks or something it's like it takes until you do summer stock uh and then that can become a different kind of like perhaps Phoning in a performance. I'm phoning it, if, yeah. I've done this so many times. Right. Right, 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 right. Anyway. But I was thinking about this this week in regards specifically to choosing repertoire. Okay. I'll just pose this to you. Just I didn't okay. I didn't prep Sarah for this vocal fam. So he now sure she's didn't. now she's nervous. Everybody knows I love being put on the spot. How do you go about picking repertoire for your students? For my students, oh. Now you have. Let's admit, Sarah, you have primarily younger students, right? Yeah, which presents its own things because they're young and most of them are sitting there going, "I want to sing Hamilton. I want to sing something from Six. And I'm like, "Yeah, you're not singing anything from Six, like <laughs> over my dead body." I want to sing something from Heather's over there, dead body. Like, no. <laughs> well, let's just go ahead and say, no, you're not singing Particularly this. for your middle school and high school students at a, at a private, private Christian, Christian school. At a private Christian school? Yeah, right. no, okay. hard pass. Okay, okay. So, but, so, there's some, so obviously there's some perhaps situational things. Yeah, uh, a lot of times. Um, well, it varies if I know the student. Um, some of my students that I know, like that I've known and I've taught now for a while, I've had songs that all that I've had on the books that I've like, like I have a student this semester that I've known for a year and a half that I want to teach her the song I'm teaching her this semester. But I knew like last spring, I was like, she's not ready for it now. I'm not going to do it next fall because she won't really get a chance to perform it. We're going to do it next spring. So we're working on it now. But a lot of it with them starts with me kind of finding songs that are age appropriate, which given that most of them are like, between the ages of 11 and 14 is pretty, it's a weird age because they don't want to sing little kid songs. Yeah. And I want them to like the song. Well, let's just say being 14 is kind of just weird anyway. Hard period. Period. Yeah. So I find a lot of songs. um, If you're teaching 14 year olds out there, vocal fam. Yeah. I try to find things that are age appropriate. Then I try to find things that where the character kind of reminds me of the student, or I think the student can relate to a lot of times. Sure. Like, um yeah like i i have a student who is really shy and um really shy really smart overachiever and i had her sing not even necessarily because it like is the best most her voice thing but mm-hmm. my grand plan it's like from it's from the percy jackson musical yeah sure but yes, because yes, i felt Lightning like she thief. would uh, yeah, I Rob thought she Rick would really Ricky. identify with the character right. Annabeth and okay. really like that. But there were also things we could work on, like it fit her range really well. Sure. We've been working on belt with her, and so mm-hmm. it was something that had that, but it also had other things she liked. To, so I don't know. This that was a, this was has been a very rambly answer. I don't know. Me picking repertoire for students, it's kind of a mixture of age appropriateness the character and I, me thinking that the student is really going to relate to and like the, and relate to and be able to portray the character. Will the song, is the song something like in their range, something technique wise that we've been working on. And every song I try to give them, I try to find, have it be a song that the majority is with something that they can already do fairly well, Mm. but has a few spots for stretch yeah, and a few spots to work on because I want them to be confident. I don't want them to go into a song and be like, I'm terrible. I can't do this, but I do want it to be something that they have room to grow with. Absolutely. So Sarah, this is a great answer. Oh, it's, good, it's good. It's almost like you had training it's by, almost, from someone who taught you how to how pick to repertoire pick a song? for students. Yeah, 
Yeah, and then sometimes I usually, and I don't know if everybody does, I actually usually take a number of songs into the first lesson of a semester with a student, and I kind of go through them with them, and I, I do let them have some say in the matter. Mm. Because again, I don't want even with to, your younger students. Even with my, I narrow it down. It is a, sure. it's, it's a selection, and every song in that selection that I offer to them is something I think you're not just going to let a 13 year old do "Call from the Vatican." Just no, like no, it. not at all. But yeah, that's reasonable. I try to give them some options because I want them to feel like they're getting a say in this. They are getting to do something they want to do because then they're more likely to, to practice, to enjoy it. If they like the song, they're going to sing it. They're going to work on it, and we're actually going to make progress, as opposed to if I just say, hey, you're going to sing this song, then a lot of times, you know, two months in, and they still haven't Because they're, they're young. They're young. Okay. That's the other thing. Uh, um, before I even say anything about my, my college students or even my professionals or whatever in picking repertoire, I, I would be interested to flip it that question on its head, though. Yeah. In your own study of singing right now, oh yeah, as a you know sort of young artist age, you're not a you're not a grad student right now. Not. You're not doing a doctoral. You're you're post a graduate degree. I'm somewhere in the middle. <laughs> um, but 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 you know by no means old. I mean you're still oh. young as a cuecumber. Yep. I don't think that's a phrase, actually. I don't think fam. so. No, no one says that. In case you're wondering, I'm cool don't, with y'all knowing. I'm in my 20s. I'm just hanging out here. Right. No one says young as a cucumber, by the way. <laughs> no one says that. Yeah. Um, but in your own study, mm -hmm. at your age, mm -hmm. I'm curious as to would you prefer being told things to sing being totally on your own to choose what you sing or somewhere in the middle um it's hard to say i'm i'm a so one of the things i think is wonderful with these kids picking songs they like is they don't have any concept of what they should i put that in quotation marks should or should listeners do. be listening cuz i feel like we get so I know I am so stuck in the mindset of my type, my voice type, my mm -hmm. character type, and what I should be singing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and what, what I would ever be cast as, what I would ever audition with, that I get so stuck in, oh, well, I would never sing this. And so I actually, because I am, well, with between COVID, my work schedule, and my life right now, I'm not really performing or auditioning at the moment. Sure. Just because... But this That's, would apply to musical theater or opera in the context oh, yeah. that you're saying. Either, either or. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, you and I had a conversation where I was looking at a song and I was like, oh, gosh, am I too old for this? And um, I was possibly like, world, and I possibly. was like, yes, if you do it this year, fine. If not, you're aging actually, out of this repertoire. I, I am rapidly. But I've actually sort of enjoyed for the past several months that I have just sort of sung music that I just like it feels good and I enjoy I haven't okay. really come to it with the mindset of is this something I could audition with is this something out of it's literally just been I like this song I would like to sing this song well sure and then I do it love it now let's compare that to even if I gave you something that as a teacher, I'd not that you study with me, but if I gave you something as a teacher that I really thought was like perfect for your voice. And maybe, I love that. And maybe though. it even was perfect for your voice, but, yeah. but on some level, you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. That could be the text. That could be the music. Oh, I've had songs like that before where a teacher gave me something and I was like, because so you've had this your, experience. Yeah, to come back to your original question, I actually love being given songs. Um, there's probably some deep psychological reason that I don't really feel sure. like delving but also, into today. But also just like, also sometimes it's just nice to have some like expansion of repertoire you maybe didn't know. It is. Well, that's, yeah, I don't know everything and it's nice. No one does. Well, the other thing too is uh, it's really hard to objectively listen to yourself and judge. So I, I do kind of enjoy feeling yes. like this person's giving me this song because they are listening to it through ears that are not mine. And they're able to say, hey, this would probably be good for you. And sort of, the, I imagine they do something similar that I do with my students. Like, there is something in this song that it is going to help me to work with, 
it's going to be good for me to know. And a lot of times, even if I don't necessarily like it at the beginning, uh-huh. I might grow to like it. Sure, of course. Or sometimes I never do. Uh, oh, my gosh. So when I sang Padre Germani. <laughs> yeah, sure. You don't I hated folks. that song for you a year. For those of you who... I hated that song for the first year I worked on it. I couldn't stand it. I felt like every time I sang that song. What did you it not was like, like about it? I didn't like how it felt. Mm. It felt like it felt like every time I sang that song, I was going into a wrestling match, but a wrestling match with no rules where we, me and the song were just strangling each other, rolling around on the ground. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. And then all of a sudden, it was like I took a few months off from it and just didn't sing it, came back to it. I think I was working, I don't remember who I was working with at that point, because I, that was, anyway. Um, doesn't matter, but you mean, you mean what teacher you were studying with. Yeah, but like came back to it and something clicked into place and that is probably one of my favorite songs to sing now. Like got really good feedback on it. Still one of your like, best artists. Young artist programs and yeah. very much enjoy it. And it's just so funny because at first I was like, I hate this. <laughs> I hate this song so much. And now I like it. But there are other songs, like there was a little set of Bellini. I I still hate them. I hate them. I hate Bellini's them so tricky. It really much. Yeah, sure. Okay. I did not Curious enough, Padre Germani's very dramatic. There's a lot going on in that aria. Oh yeah, I love it. Bellini has nearly nothing going on in those songs. I know. Um, I'm a drama queen. I'm okay well, with that. okay. All right. So there's the, so so we're getting sort of into the nitty-gritty here now. <laughs> so I don't know where we're going with this, but <laughs> well, on this idea of you know sort of taking I think because I think one of the things that we see when we see a genuine performance is we see an artist take hold of their own repertoire Mm. and their own singing and and they actually say something Mm -hmm. you know because the world does not need another singer on a stage saying nothing just saying this sound pretty (laughs) right yeah post pandemic that is not what the world needs for our audiences to come back Audiences yeah. are going to be looking for be people moved. saying something and being moved. And, mm-hmm. and, and obviously, you know, look, Vogel fam, there's obviously times when you want escapist something or other. There's times when you want very serious something or other. There's, there's seasons for all sorts of art. Um, there's sometimes when you want to leave questioning your very existence and, we- <laughs> and, and whether you're a tree or not. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the Hardy poetry. I was um, what I was wondering. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a tree. Are you a tree? We're all, we're all trees. trees. Uh, sorry, vocal fan. There's a little bit. Of, <laughs> there's a little bit of an inside joke there, just about uh, a, a young man's exhortation by yeah. by Finzi and, and the Hardy texts and in, in that <laughs> in those poems and whether we're just all trees. Anyway. Say somewhere out there, Michael's laughing. Yeah, if he's listening to this episode. But, so, uh, you know, thinking about this idea, over the years, one of the things that I've learned when I was first teaching, you know, and you feel like, you know, you're young and you want to be authoritative with your students and blah, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. And you think, I know best for my students because I'm fancy. (laughs) Um, So, you know, you... (laughs) You know, I would I would kind of be like, no, you need to sing this, and you need to sing this because if you don't sing this, you will not sing legato. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, can only imagine. Right, I'm sure. I'm sure everyone out there is like shocked. Uh, but one of the things that I've learned over the years is particularly, and I've started to do it younger and younger. If a student really connects with something and they have something to say, even if it's not what the poet was saying, even if it's not what the composer was saying, but it's something that they have to say. I've learned to acquiesce more often at a younger age. Now, granted, vocal fam, Pern is saying this, and and I, I don't teach currently anyone under the age of 18. So uh, realize that all of my students are somewhere between 18 and 50. You're not okay? sitting there having the argument. You cannot sing a song about, you know, starting to have these affairs as a 14-year-old and right. then getting your head cut off. No. Right. I don't have any of those students right now. Because you're 12. I've, yeah. I've taught teenagers in my life, but I, I currently 
only have t- of students between the ages of 18 and 50. Um, so anyway, I've tried to just now give, not that I never make recommendations, and, and I'll tell you, like, if a student asks, I really take some time and I think about it diligently. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, okay, fully, full admission, like with my freshman in college, I'm <laughs> much more prone to being like, okay, let's, let's work on this. Let's, you know, yeah. there's, there's less license there. Um, but what I have found is that if they can find something that they genuinely connect to and want to say something with, they will sing better. Oh, yeah. Not only will the performance be more engaging, but they will genuinely sing better. And I'm reminded of a, of a former graduate student who, if I put an Italian aria in front of them, even though they had the technique to sing an Italian aria, like, it was not an issue of their technique, but operatic characters did not speak to them as a person, mm-hmm. as a human, and they didn't speak Italian fluently, and when, and when this particular singer did not know the language, they didn't feel they connected to the music as well. But in this particular case, if you put an existential hardy poem of you're a tree, I'm a tree, <laughs> we're all trees in front of this singer, even if it was incredibly sophisticated music, this person would sing incredibly engagingly artistically. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, because I feel like I know who we're talking we about. We don't need it. to name anyone yeah, right now, but, 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 but the yes. point stands. Oh my gosh, when there was, that emotional connection made all the difference. A world of difference. Yeah. And I'm not saying there aren't times when people might offer you money to sing something that you don't emotionally connect to and you better learn to and you just do it. figure it out. That's yeah. a different that's a different conversation. But for example, this semester, I have a junior and I'm very particular with poetry when it comes to age appropriateness, although I've gotten more lax as as I get older, I've gotten more relaxed about this. Shocking. Um as I have with oh gosh, so many things in the just in the 5 years that Sarah's known me, or 6 years that Sarah's known me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, for example, one poem that I'm, I'm, I'm particularly fond of, and, but I'm, I'm kind of more fond of more mature, mature, mm-hmm. little Moira Rose, um, mature, David, um, a little more mature singer singing is Come Ready and See Me by Richard Hundley. We all know this song. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful song, yeah. you know, come ready and see me no matter how late. We all know this song. It's a, it's a pretty advanced in years poem, I think, by nature. And yet I have a student this semester who just, they, a junior, who asked to sing it. Hmm. They've, already, they've already enjoyed a couple of Hundley songs. They fa- they fa- I, I, I had introduced them to Sweet Suffolk Owl as like a freshman or something. Oh, okay. And they loved it. And so we've done another one. And, and they, this, this semester they asked to sing Come Ready and See Me. And I was like, okay. And you know what? I'll bet they'll sing it beautifully. Yeah. Because they connect to it. And there obviously is something. They obviously speak English. Uh, That helps. (laughs) There is something in the text and in the music that speaks to them and that they want to share with the world. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just think that, you know, someone was asking me the other day, one of my musical theater, like young artist level singers, was asking me um, about like a pop song because they wanted to just, you know, because so often our musical theater singers now are taking in 16 bars of just a, yeah. you know, a pop cut or a bridge and a chorus of something, you know, whatever. It's very common now in, in theater auditions. And obviously theater auditions have really started to get heavy again. There's, most of them are still virtual, but people are starting to think about casting for summer festivals future, and hopefully. summer stock yeah. and then hopefully the fall seat, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, as you know, like I said, we're all hopeful about vaccines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um, this person was asking me about like a pop song 
Okay. And um, they were like, well, yeah, you know, what about like an 80s something or whatever? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And I suggested one. They were like, I would never sing that text. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. Then don't do it. (laughs) I was like, that's fine. I was just trying, in a a sense, I was actually just trying to give them an example of a kind of song that I thought that their voice would sing successfully. Yeah. But then so much of it is, you know, one of my, one of my students last year that on the, on the virtual studio recital, I had given him, I was kind of not sure about it going into the semester. I thought his voice would sing the song well, but you know, you never know with somebody how they're going to respond. But I gave this guy young English, um, you know, junior, 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 something like that. Um, Uh, you know, he's one of our, he's one of my rock singers. He's a worship leadership major, you know, whatever. I gave him Englishman in New York by Sting and he just (laughs) totally took off and ran with it. He absolutely adored that song. That's awesome though. He, you know, and then it makes all the difference in working on this, with it on this, with the student on the song and them singing it and. You know, and I know vocal fam, listen, if you're an experienced voice teacher, I'm just preaching to the choir here. None of this is exactly groundbreaking, earth-shattering <laughs> information. But I think it's a conversation. I think too often, either one, we don't think about our repertoire selection consciously enough for students. Mm-hmm. Two, we just sometimes, particularly those of us who were like, <laughs> classical singer voice teachers Mm -hmm. we think about it just from the technique Mm. and maybe just the appropriate we've been talking about appropriateness of text right yeah maybe just the appropriateness of text like you know if you don't want to sing because obviously plenty of our vocal classical literature is very sensual and intimate oh yeah yeah. little little sophomore sarah trying to sing say that was that was a struggle bus on a lot of levels. Right. So mostly because half the time I didn't even get it. It was just over my head. So anyway, you know, obviously there are things like that. Um, yeah. But anyway, I just you know I, I wanted to hear singers saying something that they mean, and that mm-hmm. and that there's life behind it. Mm-hmm. And even if if your life is making us question if you're a tree and I'm a tree and we're all trees. I actually love music and poetry that actually makes us question if you're a tree and I'm a tree and we're all trees, but specifically trees, specifically, tre- specifically trees, specifically trees, like a bush. I don't care. Get out uh, of here. But they are not underground, but growths in the upper air. Anyway, um, impressive. We'll go on with other things. Uh, also vocal fam this week. Sorry. That was a gosh, that, that was longer than I kind of anticipated <laughs> spending on that. Sorry about that, everybody. Um, Yes, guess what, Vocal Fam? We do not plan out this show. Did you know that? Can you tell ever? Did (laughs) you know that Sarah and I don't really plan out this show? We're just winging it. Except, boy, we have some planned episodes coming up. Well, when we're talking to people that aren't us, we're a little bit more planned. Yeah, you have to be. That's right. You have to be. Or especially like. Yeah, when you don't know the other people as well, like you have to. Yeah, be. that's right. Uh, anyway, the Plus, other, uh, the, the other even thing. if we try to plan it, I feel like we end up kind of off-roading. Us? Yeah, I know. Crazy. Never. Get distracted. <laughs> uh, the other thing, vocal fam. Guess what? Guess where we are back in graduate yeah. voice pedagogy. Oh. <laughs> Guess what this week's topic of the week was say pitch and auditory roughness amazing beautiful how did it how did it go let me tell you okay let me tell you how intelligent my current graduate assistant is and the questions that were that were coming of wait so does pitch actually exist (laughs) oh that's a rough place to reach though like you're sitting there and you're like i don't I don't know what to do anymore. Like, if there's no pitch, then what is happening? <laughs> Help. Uh, asking questions like if we could hear all the things in the spectrogram or if there are things in the spectrogram that we can't hear or if we can hear things that aren't on the spectrogram. Kind of like light and stuff. Comparing it specifically to color. Yeah. 
Um, uh, boy, we had some, we had some deep, you into some deep stuff. conversations this week. Oh yeah. Woo, vocal fam. Yes, we went back, and of course, you know, I just I I used of course one of Dr. Howell's videos. Um, mm. that align with vocal fam. If you've not read Dr. Hal's work on psychoacoustics and the singing voice, you should you should do that. Do it. You should and start. You, know, you should start with his voice prints article. I was gonna say, don't start with the dissertation. You should don't. start with his voice prints article and then watch the video on the voice prints article. Yeah, there are ways to ease into this yeah. at this point. Like, yeah. there are ways to kind of Maybe explain it in terms that are more familiar, and then work your way down to the ferrets. <laughs> Yes, like, yes. His dissertation is this week. Oh, <laughs> and I, I told it. her, I told her, because this is not acoustics. We're not in acoustics. Where this is just, yeah, this is just. Yeah. Listen, vocal fam. I don't know if you know this about me. I think we've talked about this before, but the way I set up our basic anatomy and physiology, like basically voice ped one, vocal fam, yeah. is what we're talking about. The way I set it up now is I did that history of voice ped that we did last episode. Remember, mm-hmm. you know Garcia and all all those guys, those old dead white. The dead people. Voice teachers. Yep. Um, anyway, so we, did, we, we started with a class on that. And then, and then we just dove right in. Because here's how I set it up. I set up pedagogy so that everything that we consider with acoustics, phonation, respiration, and articulation is viewed through the lens of perception. So Mm. we start with perception, psychoacoustics, and give ourselves a model and a framework with how to listen to the singing voice so that when we talk about acoustics or then we talk about phonation and phonation anatomy or aerodynamics and we talk about respiration, all of those are through the lens of what those things do to the sound and how we, as a listener, perceive those phenomenon. Which is, you know, kind of important if you're well, going to be a voice teacher to be able to hear. Because I'll say you're you're sitting there, and especially this is something I found like again with with younger because I work with younger singers, they can't tell me what they are experiencing like especially yeah. at first like the more i work with them they start to put but they there's not that self-awareness they no, they it, just want to go me mommy me, mamu me, me, mamu i don't even want to do that <laughs> they don't like warm up <laughs> oh they right just see. they just want to go burn yeah no <laughs> that is exactly what they want to do yeah right um, they just want to have that nice d minor chord but when i ask when i ask them like what do you experience how do you feel that like what is what happened how was that different than last time and they go they just look at me and they go it was more they try to tell me what i want to hear and i'm like no no tell me what you actually felt it did it if it didn't feel better you're not gonna hurt my feelings i want to know well so anyway anyway, the hearing is important because voice teachers look look vocal fam if you had if you lost your ears It'd be oh. real hard to be a voice teacher. It would be a little hard. You could, lo- you could lose your eyesight. Not that we hope that happens to anyone. Yeah, no. <laughs> you could even lose your own ability to sing and still teach singing. But you, could, you gotta hear. But if you lost your hearing, it would you could lose your ability to play the piano. You might be better oh, off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if you, if, if you lost your hearing, it would be very difficult. Oh my gosh. And yeah. since that is the hierarchy that I teach, we we I give them a framework of how to listen beyond just thinking of like, oh that's a bright sound, that's a dark sound. Mm-hmm. Uh that's a forward sound, that's a back sound. That's a breathy sound, that's a pressed sound. Yeah. I mean that is that is another model of which we could, from which we could, we could make determinations about the singing voice. Mm-hmm. But if we can give ourselves more specifics of, we can't hear auditory roughness in this sound, what's missing? Or, mm. I'm not getting the vowel, what's okay. missing? Oh. Yeah. Or, there's no warmth to this sound at all. And then we can relate those things to actual repeatable verifiable psychoacoustic phenomenon we can give ourselves a framework 
to frame all the rest of the information. Yeah, well, and it helps you give better instructions, too. You know? Like, yeah, because so that was And more the, clear. It's a lot easier if you can just say, hey, can you think of it with a little more O or fill in the blank of what you want to say. And it was amazing it. to see the the questions, how, how they kind of framed all that and got there, even in this week's sessions about pitch and roughness. That's awesome. Of going to, okay, so... It, what do I do with this information with a student? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So well, let's mm-hmm. let's let's talk let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's say that 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 it was a sound which which sounded um, that like it lacked any depth whatsoever, mm-hmm. and and warmth and and what have you, mm-hmm. and. We, t- we talked about what we would need physiologically. I like it. Lacking any buzz. A male singer, a young tenor, a young yeah. bass. Lacking yeah. buzz. Which would be kind of weird for Weird, a but... But let's say it was happening. You can pretty much guarantee you've got an exceptionally high larynx. So let's talk about the, the physical reality then. So anyway... That's awesome, though. That, like, it was it was a refreshing week. I know a lot of times, yeah, that unit is where you get a lot of blank stares. A lot of times. Well, and here's one of the things I'm framing a little differently. Okay. Remember last year when we did our psychoacoustic setup episode? I had already been framing this this way, in this order. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's very important to go from pitch to roughness to, to absolute spectral tone color. In okay. that order, or to tone color in general. I think it's important because pitch, once you just lay out the framework of how you're talking about pitch, Mm -hmm. um, and the framework I use, Vocal Fam, is basically that the pitch is a construct. It's basically harmonics two through eight. You don't need the fundamental. The fundamental is its own thing. Yeah. And we can go from there when I'm explaining it. (laughs) It's a pretty easy construct because most humans outside of Chen agree that harmonics exist in the human voice. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that article. Um, a book. Um, book, well. Uh, anyway, the next step then, talking about the roughness, people in the psychoacoustics literature have been talking about auditory roughness. I mean, Sundberg mentions it in Science of the Singing Voice and how it's the ear that's producing the phenomenon in the brain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you don't know what that is, vocal fam, auditory roughness, when intervals of, har- of harmonics or overtones are less than a, mi- a minor third or less apart, the ear stops being able to distinguish them as separate um, uh, noises and uh, it can't break them apart. And so the higher you get above the fifth harmonic, the more distorted or buzzy you hear you hear those frequencies and therefore because you can't tell them apart it just gets buzzier and buzzier and buzzier the higher it gets the more of it that's there in terms of intensity from the voice source the more you'll hear etc etc it's a pretty easy concept Mm -hmm. so i start with those and then i i frame this week i'll frame absolute spectral tone color in the sense of uh, just some other friendly phenomenon. Uh, and, and I'm interested to see how this week goes. Yeah. Some of the questions I get this week, it'll, yeah. be, it'll be kind of exciting, I think. I think it'll be an exciting week of class. Well, given last week, yeah, definitely. And I have some very exciting research topics, I think, that the student's looking at. So Yay! Uh, it'll be a really really exciting week of talking about singing and doing yeah. non sound jack things not that i love don't love sound jack and i'm teaching all my it's lessons on sound jack yeah. at school but no one would ever doubt talking about singing and voice science and i mean voice that's, I science mean, yeah because sound jack really is sound jack is technology that, that's and different. i love technology yeah we're very pro technology we're fans you like it. Vocal fam, speaking of technology, if you were anything like me, here in 20, no, back in 2020, we all invested a little bit in technology. Yeah. Just buckle up, vocal fam, when you reconcile your taxes to take a look back at how much you spent on technology. 
you have a little holy smoke today? on a cracker. Perna was just preparing some documents for the taxes, and wow! This was my first year of having, because like last year, I have an accountant. I don't actually do my own uh, taxes. We did ours. But like I got my, I guess W twos mm-hmm. this week, and it was the first time in my life I saw how much like for a whole year how much. In state income, federal income tax, and social security had been withheld from my paychecks. Yeah, and I was so sad. It was no, oh, that stuff depressing. doesn't make me sad. That was that was the most depressing moment I've ever had. I was like, I was like, I was just upset. Sorry, vocal fan. Pern is very yeah. pro tax. He likes roads and schools and I like um, public amenities. But I looked at it next to my salary, and I was just like, oh, I get it. Oh, this doesn't feel good. Yeah, but you'll get a refund. I, maybe because. As a trait, like for my like nine to five job, my taxes are withheld. Right, but for my but voice not for teaching, the teaching, they're not. Yeah, so no, it'll be fine. I'm honestly just hoping it'll cancel fine. out it'll somewhere. Be it'll be yeah. fine. Uh, anyway, so vocal fam. Then just so now that we've covered that taxes. whole big spiel about self awareness and singing and repertoire and whatever we covered yeah. in the front end, and this lovely diatribe about me setting up psychoacoustics as always yeah uh let's let's dive in um if you've not seen uh wandavision episode oh, four yeah. uh this is a good time to stop this would be a good time to stop the podcast yeah. go watch wandavision episode one through four if you've yeah, not, it's not seen that many. all of it's them short. my it's family short. is so in love with this show i love it so much that we not only watched the fourth episode on friday evening which is Do what we've been doing all? we watched all four again yesterday afternoon i don't blame you they're over amazing. lunch they're amazing oh my gosh i want to go back now because i only watched episode four today and it it makes you and like it makes you want to go back and yeah well literally y'all did it makes you want to go back and watch them all because you're like now that i have this perspective what have i missed what have i been looking at well let's just say that a former host of this podcast and i spent about an hour texting each other yesterday back and forth about theories about uh i have so many feelings i'm still like about all the things that happened this was a big episode well it was a big episode because they gave away part of the mystery box but in mm-hmm. giving away part of the mystery box, they created more questions than say, they gave answers. I ended up with a lot more questions. Exactly. Than I ever had before. Exactly. Like, but, oh my gosh. Okay, just as like love, a Love, love, love Darcy. Love it. Yes, I love her. I'm so glad we have her back. Like, I felt love like it. she was such an... So missing from Ragnarok. Yes. I love her. So I'm super glad to have her back. Um, It's funny. No, no. She's she's vocal fam. If you're not familiar, that's Jane Foster's friend from the first two Thor movies. Yeah. She's now back as a sword analyst. She is. And I love her and um, Woo together. Jimmy Woo. Yeah. I feel like they play off each other well. From Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, I saw before I saw the episode. The one spoiler that I did see FBI was um, agent now working was the like thing of him talking to Ant Man about the like card trick, and they mm. were like best best character arc ever. And it's like him being like, "Can you show me?" He's like, "Nah, a magician never reveals his secrets or something like that." And then it shows Woot Jace, like what's Jimmy his first Woo. name? I keep wanting yeah, I keep wanting to call him Jason Jimmy, Jimmy Woo. He does the trick to show his card. They were like best character arc ever. I chuckled at that. That was, that, was, that was the one spoiler I saw before getting into this episode. So we obviously got confirmation that there's some kind of dome around yeah. Westview that also has some kind of perception filter around it. Well, and it's interesting. Using a Doctor Who term. Like, she... Because up until now, I assumed this was almost like a little pocket universe. It could I, be. It, but it appears that this town existed before she kind of hijacked it. It does appear so. What's confusing, obviously, is that... I Here's one of the things I'm most confused about at this point. Yeah. Wanda seems to be in control. To a degree, yeah. Seems. I've seems. seems. I'm with that. I'm with you on that. Vision seems to be a reanimated object. 
Oh my gosh. I screamed when yeah. I screamed during the glimpse because I was not expecting that at all. And she boom. seems to be literally taking an inanimate dead corpse and I know. I don't wanna around. I don't I don't wanna dig too much into that. Um but let's just like here's my what I'm what I'm sort of confused about because obviously mm-hmm. she was in control enough to kick Monica Rambo out, out of the dome, but it was a different use of her powers than we've seen throughout the show. No, it was kind of like when she shoved Vision down through the ground in in Civil War. Well, no, no, no. War. I mean in the show. Oh, in the so, show. So far in the show, it's been yeah, almost like a no. Bewitched, it was no. It was full. Power. It was full Scarlet Witch. Whereas this was much more how we have seen in the specifically. Movies. I guess dome is a bad way to say it because it's specifically in the shape of a hexagonal figure. The, yeah. The, you know, so obviously they're playing on the idea of her hex powers and introducing those who were not familiar with that to that idea. Um. Th- but what what I'm where where I'm I'm not where I'm really unclear right now is the other people in the town. Yeah, I can't tell. Are they the people that were in the town before she took over? Are they people that somehow got pulled in? Are they also dead? Are they trapped? Yeah. Is Wanda trapping them? Did I, someone else, like if we're going to get Mephisto as the big bad, trap them? Why could the guy get in through the sewer? I more and more feel like Wanda's made a bargain with someone. Well, see, this was my theory. I shared this last week, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. This, I, is my, this is my theory. I bought more and more into that this time that like she knows Vision is dead. She knows she's made a bargain with someone who may not be super good, and she, but she thinks that she's in control enough that she can make it work. Right. Because there's obviously some sort of opposing forces other than S.W.O.R.D. at work here. Right. It was interesting, though. Didn't you find it interesting that as they were identifying all the supporting characters and who uh-huh. they were in the real world? Yeah. I mean, they were all living people, I believe. That was the impression I got. But that's what I'm saying. I'm wondering, like, were they... So were they actually living people? Or are they people that, like, through some sort of thing... Because this seems to have happened pretty close to when people came back. Pretty, pretty close to the end of the blip. The end of the blip. Yes. Are they people that died in that because of things that happened when everybody come back came back and they somehow got included in this bargain? That's my theory from this week. Except... You noticed who they did not identify with a character from the real world. Um, Agnes. Agnes. Yeah. Yeah. They, I, I thought that was interesting. Her picture she, was up on the board, but not with a driver's license. But she didn't have an identity. I, I did notice that. I, I, okay. And I thought it was, I mean, it was interesting to me. Like, I just figured they would all be listed, at the, like their names on the show would be their actual names. Like, I think it's interesting they all have fake right. identities. Like and, that's... Like, and like Herb, still going back to like episode three, like Herb, when they was cutting through the wall, like talking to Vision, like we're all, like he wanted to say we're all trapped here or we're all prisoners here or we're all whatever. Like the doctor in episode three, making it clear Saying that small towns are hard to leave. Yeah, I... There's something going on. But yet Scarlet Witch could repel Monica Rambo right out of it. Well, and I'm, I'm so intrigued by, like, who is censoring the TV? The TV episodes, like, what they're getting to watch. Like, is, is, is that Wanda? Well, and is it always Wanda resetting it? Or is it... Okay, can we talk about the TV signal for a second? Yeah. It was... Did you notice that Darcy first calls it noise? Like mm-hmm. it was a sonic phenomenon. Yeah. I think that's going to come back. Um, I think that's too an important detail. I don't think it's Wanda causing the censoring because every time it censored, it went to commercials that are Hydra commercials. Okay. And see, that's the other part that I can't quite wrap my head around. If it is like Mephisto. What, what, well, yeah, but they're not all Hydra. The first one was well, Stark. Yeah. But they, but their commercials, like, 
why would Wanda make a Hydra commercial? Okay, Vogel fam, this is a pretty deep Perna's Perna Perna and we're Mike, taking a deep dive. Perna and Michael were drawing yarn theories on a big wall yesterday Amazing. over a text string. I'm not convinced you don't have a fake wall somewhere in your house. I just haven't seen yet that like it it moves and then there's just yarn. Right. Anyway, <laughs> there have been three ads so far. Mm-hmm. There was no ad this episode. I know. I was a little disappointed. First ad. Stark, toaster, that literally looked like Vision's head. Yeah, it did. Second, Strucker, Hydra, Strucker slash Hydra watch. Yeah. With the time of 2.42. Right, 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 right. Third episode... Um, soak. What was it called? The, the uh, hydra soak. Hydra Isn't soak. Isn't that literally what it's called? Yeah. Hydra soak. Soap that will take you to another world in a blue box. <laughs> the TARDIS? So <laughs> we've had a blue box that could take you to another world. Mm-hmm. Something that tells you about time. And something that looked like the mind stone on vision's head okay you seeing the pattern time mind and space space so we're getting the minds the the stones basically if the next i mean the soap thing could have been reality in a sense too but take you to another world and then it was in a blue box yeah, I it's guess that's a bit that, much. That is, I guess. I could I could If I'm right about this, I'm going to quit the podcast because I I've been buy. doing the podcast for too long. There's no way I'm right about this. I don't know. I that's what's so fun is getting to guess. I guess part of my like thinking that Hydra plays into this somehow. I know I keep bringing them but back. But why Stark? If it's Hydra, why Stark? Well, I'm not saying even with the commercials necessarily, but I do think Hydra plays something in this because of um, the glasses. And I feel like there have been times where, look, the guy that gets turned into the computer at some point. What's his name? uh, Oh, um. The uh, scientist. uh, 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 Smart boy. He's short. Yes, I know exactly who. Oh my! You know gosh, who I'm talking about. I feel about. like an idiot, but yes. People out there. I mean, I don't remember his name no, either. No, I. But yeah. I feel like we've seen too many references to him, specific. Or oh, I that's have. In, that's an interesting thing. And I don't know. Like, is the computer playing? And it was an old computer. It was a computer from the '80s. Like, I don't, I don't know. Is that why it's television waves? Like, is that why it's coming across like that? Like Zola. Zola. I don't know. I feel because. We, in the credits, they, in the credits several times, they've shown, like, his glasses. Um, and then there was a time where it looked like he was watching a TV. And then, I don't know, there have just been a few things where I'm like, is this guy got something to do with this? Or are these just little red herring Easter eggs? Interesting. And that's what, that's what kept bringing me back to Hydra. I mean... It was also interesting that it definitely was a sword agent who ended up looking like the beekeeper who in the comics are yeah. definitely a new form of Hydra. Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting. But, but overall, I mean, okay, here was another one. Why did we pay so much attention about Monica Rambo and not being able to go back to space? That was like a really long scene to have it not have meant something. I think it means something. I think we're going to get more with that director. Other like, than just that she's grounded on Earth now. I'm, I'm I, I, suspicious I of, of S.W.O.R.D., to be honest, well, a little bit. I mean, if that's really or S.W.O.R.D. And how many of them are Skrulls, first of all? Yeah. Well, or like the new has, direct- have Fury and the Skrulls figured out that these people are actually Hydra? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. The director was like, oh, I was the only one. Like, I don't know. He seems kind of nice, but he also gives me, like, mild, sketchy vibes. Oh, I completely agreed. Like, and by mild, I mean, like, super sketchy. He seems too... He looks too... Normal. He looks too nice. But, yeah. But it's, yeah, the kind of nice where they end up being evil in the end. And... 
But I, okay, that brings me, as far as him and, like, net only one left, I loved the attention paid to, like, again, how society would react to and how difficult all of those people then coming back five years later would be. Yeah, it was really I nice. Loved- to, it was nice to see the blip taken seriously, unlike in Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, where the people come back in the hospital and it is chaos. Chaos, which is what it Abs- would have been. Which is what? Well, and having to walk back in and previously having been the director of a huge organization. But even if you were like, you've been gone for five years, there's no way you could still be that. Like someone had to take over and you're not going to be able to catch up enough to take that position. And Stephen Strange couldn't tell all of them, hey, it's been five years. They need us. (laughs) I don't know. But like. Okay. Can we talk about aspect ratio aspect ratio okay so aspect ratio is the the, the ratio of a television like the screen. tv yeah right so old tvs are four three aspect ratios okay more modern tvs are are not that okay um we keep going ever since the, the very first thing that i noticed when the very first episode came on was the going to four three aspect ratio and then going back when we left WandaVision. Oh, see, was, I don't pay was, attention to stuff like that. It was the very first thing I noticed in the very first episode. Interesting. Yeah, that's not something that and, I usually And pay now attention. we keep going back and forth. The real world's in full screen. WandaVision's in 4-3. Okay. There's also, there's some, we were talking about this yesterday, like witches, very common in numerology stuff. One to one to two to one, one twenty one on the one clock. Uh, four to three itself is 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 a ratio. Obviously, mm-hmm. the other time that was on the other clock, two four two, mm-hmm. small integer ratios. Um, e- even even Monica Rambo's she was gone for three of five years. There seem to be recurring small integer ratio numbers in addition to the fact that the screen itself that we as viewers are watching reality through keeps changing. Okay. Just because you can only see something through four to three aspect ratio doesn't mean that other things aren't there if you could see those things through a bigger aspect ratio. Well, it's like coming back and getting a little extra snippet, a different perspective of Wanda kicking uh, Monica out. But so, and Darcy made a big point of get me an old TV. Yeah. What are we not seeing? What can't we see in every scene? And even the very nature of aspect ratio itself. Like what? what What is reality? What aspects of reality are we seeing and are we not seeing? Well, it's like I said with the week before, you could see that the backgrounds were painted. And yet obviously... Right, Herb. The, what's like, behind Herb in the, at the what's fence? What's behind Herb in there is painted, but we know that that's not true. Like it goes right. on; it, they're in the world. That's part of what made me think this is some little just bubble or something. Right. So, what the heck? Exactly. So I will say this is this is really great storytelling. So it far. is. We do know now that Wanda's not being held down and tortured. Because remember, we talked about, like, oh, maybe someone's, like... She's definitely not being tortured. But here's one theory that I think, you know, it's interesting. What if all the other villains were red herrings? What if, like, any ideas about whether it's Agatha Harkness or whether it's Mephisto or whether it's... It would be the very Marvel. Or whether it's Beyonder, that there, it's all red herrings? And be- Wanda is doing this herself. Okay. And she is the villain of the show. No. That she is using her powers to create a place where she could reanimate Vision. Well, I te- remember I said, like, I did think it could be like a thing of grief. Uh, just a, right. I com- completely creating this out of her grief. But if that's the case, Vision is an autonomous functioning thing. 
he's not going to be want to be reanimated. I know. I. And I what if the end of this show no. is a big vision Wanda fight? No. I nope. think it's possible. Yeah, but I don't. I'm not want saying that. it's definitely what I think. I don't want that. It would be very Marvel, and I don't want it. Please and thank you. Take it back. I could see, particularly with like the Flash, to realizing that Vision himself. It's also interesting that Vision in the show well, keeps changing aspect. Yeah. He's Vision. He's not. He's Vision. He's not. He's you know. Well, and some, yeah, sometimes he walks in and you don't see him switch. And you're like, dude, were you just outside with a red face? Time works funny there. Her pregnancy lasted a day. Well, the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Man... Well, I guess it makes sense that Mordo would be the villain of that. I was going to say, what if Wanda's the, vis- the villain in that, too? I don't think so. I don't really think so. Either. It, Once I looked at that, I was like, oh, no. However, Mordo coming to steal Wanda's powers, that would make a lot of sense. Like yeah. he did at well, the and, end of in the post credits of Doctor Strange, and her almost having to become a student of Strange to sort of regain I something. Know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We're do- we're getting real deep in the yeah. hole of something. Now. This show, though, I this show it. was made for people like us. I love it. I love it. This so was not much. made for somebody who like saw Iron Man one, and then saw Avengers. I kind of want to ask Lee because I know Leah was saying she wanted to watch this. I really would, if she is watching it, oh, I would I'd love, love to, know. to know what she is thinking right now. I would too, because I love this, this is show. this is like, ner- here nerds, here is a show for you people. Giving us freaking thirty minutes every week. The episode and I go, what? That was it. Like, and then making literally. you sit through seven minutes of credit with no post-credit scene. Yeah, I watched it. I did. I sat there and I watched and I was like, every week. is something going to happen? Every week. I mean, there's never anything. And but we- I watch every week. I look at the shapes and I go, do the shapes matter? Why is there a rose? What does the rose mean? What if it even matters that it says, please stand by at the end of every episode? I know. Does everything cease to exist? Like, I don't know. What's happening? I'm telling What's you. What's happening when they're not broadcasting? When they're not broadcasting. Why is she, well, why, like, if this is, if this is totally Wanda, like, why is she broadcasting this? Is and it a cry for And why has hate? she trapped other people? If that's right, why did she trap other people? That's, that's kind of why I'm like, I feel like there is some, some other person force. at play here. Yes. Some other force. I like your, increasingly, I like your Mephisto idea. Like, yeah. I like the idea that she has struck a bargain. Like, how very Mephistopheles for to strike a bargain children. with the devil. Who's not to say that all of these people didn't form some sort of bargain? Like, is that That's, what I'm saying? Like, you know, yes. because we're all like, what's the answer? Dead? I still think I still think that they may all made a deal with the devil. And they're trapped there. And Are we? I, I that's th- what I'm thinking. I think thinking. that's the. I think that's I think the, that totally makes sense. And does, did Wanda do this because she just was it hubris? Did she think she could take this on and handle it? Like, it's like I don't a. Know. It's like literally like a Faust tale where she's just trying to bring Vision back. And to I'm life. totally okay with that if that's what it is. Is this a Orpheus and Eurydice situation? Right like, or that. Or um, that, yes. I mean, there's so many. There's so many ways they could go, and I love that. I right. love that. I don't know. For um, sure yet. You know, Michael was asking me yesterday of, about the idea of, you know, what what is vision? And I was like, well, remember in, in Infinity War, when they're talking about taking the stone out, Bruce says that he's way more. He's, he's Bruce. Yeah. He's Tony. He's Ultron. He's Jarvis. He's the stone. Well, he's the stone. That's my thing is I've wondered, like, is he actually dead? Does want like, could is a part of him in Wanda. When you think about some of the things she did, like when she killed him, did that force her to take off? Right. So that's very, that's very Harry Potter and like almost like a Horcrux. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 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 But like, I, I, yeah, I'm not totally convinced. And this might just be because I love Wanda and Vision. I'm not convinced Vision's dead. Dead. I, something else we need to go back and consider is possibly the more contemporary we get with the show as it goes through decades of television watching, I have I have a feeling we're gonna get more. Just if if you're if if you're out there, vocal fam, and you're thinking about like, oh gosh, what will they what will they play up next? I think we maybe need to consider that 
we're getting close to the decade where Disney acquired ABC, and we need to start thinking maybe more along the lines of ABC shows mm. rather than anything that was on NBC or CBS. I hadn't uh, thought about that. Yeah. I, like I, that's some, something, something I've like Desperate Housewives. Well, what happens... In the 2000s. What happens as they, like, what if they run out of time? You know, like, if it keeps skipping ahead decades, like... A fine question. Like Darcy said, like, why does it keep moving forward so quickly? Is that part of the price? Every time she hits reset, does it have to move forward? Like, and she's going to run out of time. Is she going to run out of time? Time. Is that, is that part of the deal? Like, I've wondered that. What time. is happening? Time. Did Wanda absorb all of the Infinity Stones? Is she Actually, the gauntlet now? Actually, specific numbers, too. That 121 was in the very first episode. Mm-hmm. The 242 was in the second episode. Oh. Uh, was there a... Was there a time in the third episode? I didn't look. I don't think so. Are you so. thinking that it might continue doubling? Like. I don't know, but the time... But, but I, 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 I just... Why did we need to know so badly that Monica was gone for three of five years? Or that, that her know. mother, no, her mother, her mother died three years. I don't know. I might, I'm probably making something her up. Her mom died thing. three years ago. I don't know. I'm probably making something up. I don't know. I it's, I'm, I'm but seeing. I love it. Like, this show does give you license to go get the yarn out. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Get you the some yarn, yarn is, and thumbtacks and if I, if, if I could show you Michael and my text string, the yarn it is... It probably looks like yarn and thumbtacks. And yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's in ransom note font. Amazing. Uh, anyway, Vocal um, Fam, we're out. Uh, that's, that's, we're going we're gonna to just wrap it. Um, right, Sarah, what did you have for breakfast? Uh, I made lemon poppy seed muffins. Oh, fancy. Yeah, they had a glaze. Well, so the reason I had to make those was because yesterday I made lemon poppy seed muffins, but I didn't have any eggs. And I Googled, I was like, what is a substitute for eggs in muffin mix? And there were a lot of options, a lot of which I was like, yeah, okay, because I totally have feeling like a super weird ingredient. Mm. So the one I settled on was um, a mixture of oil, water, and baking powder. Because I was like, makes sense, it's leavening, it's supposed to make it rise. What I didn't consider was that the egg also acted as a binding, binding. agent. Yep. And those were Got the saddest dense. muffins. No, they just like, so they puffed up, but then they collapsed in the middle, and then they all fell apart. Super depressing. Yeah. They were not dense, but they, they did just cease to exist. Yeah, that's a thing. So I had to, I literally made Jamie go to the grocery store yesterday and buy eggs and another pack of muffin mix so that I could make the muffins correctly today because I was just so mad at myself and I had to prove that I did know how to make muffins because anybody ever questioned that I might know how to do that. Vocal fam, you're not questioning whether yeah, nobody Sarah can is make questioning muffins. No, no one here is questioning that. Yeah. yeah. All right, Vocal fam, we Good hope times. you have a great week. Welcome yes. to February. We've already made it through one month Woo! of 2021. Whereas yeah, 20 but barely. Tw- whereas like every month of 2020 felt like it was like 12 and a half years long i feel like 12 and a half years of events happened in january that's in january i don't know i thought january moved pretty quick though but think about how much stuff happened oh I saw yes intro- there were multiple I mean, yes cataclysmic big, huge national things. events yep yes yep that was my thing it's like yeah j- don't get me wrong january moved fast but when i look back at it i was like what the heck that all happened this past month that's true that's a good point actually yeah, it was a weird combo of like super fast month and also like, oh my gosh, that was quite a month. What else could happen this month? Yeah. Look, look, well, don't ask that question. Here don't we jinx go, Vocal Fam. We're going into February. We hope Ooh. your February is great. Yep, it's going to be. Hope it is the best ever. For those of you who are doing university auditions, I hope your auditions are going well. Yes, best of luck, friends. Uh, and uh, for those of you who are on faculties, I hope your audition seasons are going well as well. And, Y'all too. And, uh, you know, we'll be back with you uh, next again next week. week. Yep. Okay, peace out, Vocal Fam. Mm, bye, guys. <laughs>